episode 150 of D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael K. And I'm Allison. Michael, does that make it our bicentennial? Bisexual what? I haven't been bisexual since the 8th, 7th grade. <laughs> okay, so it's not our it's not our bicentennial then. <laughs> no, not today. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I just know that 150, I think, is maybe that's our Diamond Jubilee. I don't know. It's a long time. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of episodes. Let's say that. Mm -hmm. So it's been about six weeks since the rust, rust, I should say, shooting, um, you know, where Alec Baldwin was holding a gun that killed Mm -hmm. cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injured director Joel Suiza. So the basics, the basic details of that, yeah, is that they were rehearsing a, a they were doing a camera rehearsal mm-hmm. in a church on a set in Santa Fe. Alec Baldwin was holding the gun. The gun went off and yes. Helena Hutchins was killed. And exactly. um, like we've heard from lawyers from Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. She was the movie Armorer. So basically she was in charge of all the weapons Um she could be charged. So her lawyers are talking. They said that no live rounds were supposed to be on set. She has no idea how a live round got into the gun. She believes she was framed. She's Mm -hmm. screaming sabotage. Yeah, and I saw an interview with her dad recently that said the same thing, because he's like a old Hollywood armorer. Um, or I should say he's like kind of legacy, right? Like he was an armorer before. And he said the same thing, where he thinks that his daughter was set up and it's sabotage and something nefarious has happened. Yeah, he be- they yeah, they believe that some shady something shady went down. Mm-hmm. Um the a lawyer for the assistant director Dave Halls, he's the one who yelled cold gun. Mm-hmm. But, meaning no live rounds in it before handing the gun to Alec Baldwin. He's talking mm-hmm. too. So a lot of them are talking. I think they're scrambling because they could be charged. Right. Trying to get ahead of stories, if you will. Yeah. And Alec Baldwin is talking a lot. So understandably, <laughs> after the tragedy happened, he released a couple of statements. You know, one about how sad he was and devastated over the death of Helena Hutchins and, you know, other statements. Understandable. Yeah. But then he kind of just kept talking like he did this roadside interview which is just peak levels of cringe worthy honestly yeah the only roadside interview i want to see is guy fieri on diners drive-ins and dives when he's you can speak for yourself because i don't want to see that either all right just me then (laughs) (laughs) big fan of triple d but it was a very cringeworthy. I mean, they were in mm-hmm. Vermont. They said they were being chased by the paparazzi. So they decided, and their kids were getting scared. So they decided to pull over Alec and his wife, Hilaria Baldwin. And he just was, he couldn't say much. He said, I can't say much because it's an open investigation. Of course. But it made it really cringeworthy. If you want to cringe, look it up. It's on YouTube. Hilaria kept like interjecting uh, inter- interrupting him like uh, uh, and he yeah. basically told her to shut the fuck up like the way that he tried, it was awkward you know Hutchins I met with her husband Matthew and her son yeah, that's right. and uh, how did that meeting go uh, 
I wouldn't know how to characterize it. They're, 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 they're you, mortified. You guys, you, guys you know what? You, I mean, no details. But, but do, do me a favor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer the question. It was like Hilary was trying to be his hype man. Like she wanted to get a couple words in. And he's like, no, this is my awkward roadside interview. Not ours. Yeah, galletera. He didn't ever say galletera, <laughs> so she didn't understand. She's like, what are these weird English words he's saying? I don't understand. But, and Alec, during that roads, weird roadside impromptu press conference, said, I, I can't say much because the investigation is open still. And the investigation is still open, but that didn't stop Alec from talking some more. And this time he talked to ABC News, to George Stephanopoulos, and so he said a lot. Yeah, and also, I mean, I'll just interject, like, I'll be your Hilaria Baldwin over here. Um, tell me I'm wrong, Michael. Was anyone anxiously waiting to hear from Alec Baldwin again? Was anyone sitting at home going, gosh, you know what this situation needs? Another interview from Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. He's he's the one. He definitely thought that. So and one Hilaria. person. And Hilaria Two. Baldwin. Yeah, George Stephanopoulos probably appreciated the um, attention as well. So maybe three ABC people. News. Yeah, they appreciated yeah. the the ratings. Mm-hmm. But and and this interview, believe it or not, Hilaria never opened the door and was like, "Hola." But <laughs> that never happened. Surprise! They cut wish, it out. Probably. I was shocked. Yeah, they probably had like three hours of footage on the cutting room floor, being like, "Oh God, the door's opened again." <laughs> I know. Lock it. Lock the door. <laughs> So um, I'll just kind of go over the major points of his interview. So Alex said that he's not the victim, that he knows Helena and Joel and their families are the real victims, but that he needed to tell his side of the story, which is why he did the interview. And the Santa Fe Sheriff's Office already told everyone involved, do not talk to the media because the investigation is ongoing. But Alex clearly doesn't give a shit. No, that was not his, yeah, his motivation was not uh, uh, a clean and easy investigation. (laughs) He wanted to make it nice and messy. And one of the big takeaways from Mm -hmm. the interview is that, besides that Alec really shouldn't be doing it, the other takeaway was that he says he never pulled the trigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He said he'd never point a gun at someone and pull the trigger. So he said he cocked the hammer of the gun and it went off by itself right he was just hanging onto it and the bullet just flew out yes like he never touched the trigger but gun experts like i've seen some on cnn nbc they said that's not really plausible and it's pretty impossible for a gun to go off by itself but alex still claims he didn't pull the trigger and a lawyer for dave halls the ad also claims that the gun went off by itself, that Alec did not pull the trigger. Right. But then Alec was saying, like, I would never point a gun at someone. So... And pull the trigger. Exactly. But then I keep thinking about, like, I'm trying to do, like, I'm trying to make up the crime scene in my head. And it's like, okay, so where was the gun then? Because if you weren't pointing it at someone, were you pointing it at the ground? Because then wouldn't you have just shot the ground? Well, I think he was probably pointing at their direction, but he says he would never point and pull the trigger. Right. So he's trying to say, like, the trigger was not pulled by him. So Alec also said that he doesn't give a shit about his career 
and it could be over because of this, but he doesn't care. However, it's not over because Alec is scheduled to shoot uh, film a movie in January. Right. So he's fine. His career's all right. Yeah. So that whole still booking crying about losing his career. I mean, he's still yeah, he's still getting movies. Um, he was also pissed about something George Clooney said. So George Clooney mm-hmm. spoke up about uh, the tragedy and said that there's protocols. And whenever he's handed a gun that he believes is cold or just any gun on set, he still checks it to make sure that there's no live bullets in it. So he said right. he does that. And Alec said those comments didn't help. Alec didn't like that because George is basically saying like, bitch, you should have checked. checked. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, can can I go on the record as saying he probably should have checked that gun for bullets? Well, Alex says he doesn't do that because he was taught that actors should not be the last line of defense. And he trusts the professionals on set instead of checking it himself. So that's was Alex's defense for that. Sure. I understand that. But that's kind of like if I was an actor and someone handed me a sandwich and they were like, this is a ham sandwich, I'd be like, okay, I trust you. I don't have to pull this thing apart and check it and see that it's not turkey. But when it comes to a gun, I might be like, let me just take two seconds and poke my eyes in here and see what's going on. Uh, Alec also claims that one of the crew members who are suing producers um, said right after the shooting, told Alec that it wasn't his fault. So he's already defending himself against this lawsuit since he's a producer on Rust as well. Um, He also says he expects Helena's family to sue him. Also, the sheriff's office, like I said, and the Santa Fe DA did not like the interview. Uh, (laughs) They uh, once again reminded everyone it's an open investigation don't talk to the press and the charges are still very, very much on the table because Alex said that he believes he's not at fault. He doesn't know who's at fault. He knows it's not him. And he also said that Hannah, the armorer and Dave calls the AD should not suffer from this. So I think he's trying to say they shouldn't face charges as well. Then who? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like the maker of guns, just like Mr. Gun. I guess. Yeah. It's the inventor of bullets. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Also, it feels like a very kind of ego-driven thing, too, because I'm just trying to put myself in, like, any kind of situation. And it's just so easy to say something horrible happened and people are investigating it. And I really hope that at the end of the investigation, they figured out without a shadow of a doubt what happened. Like... What I'm trying to say is it doesn't help anyone to go on ABC News and be like, this is terrible, but I am not the guilty person here. And this was an awful situation, but I am not the one who's responsible for it. Like, it's it's fine. Like, don't worry, Alec. Like, I don't think anybody is looking at him suspiciously. You know what I'm saying? No, I was never looking at him suspiciously. No, but after this interview and after that roadside interview, I was kind of like, um, someone needs to tell him to shut the fuck up. Because... During that interview, I know he, you know, he talked a lot about Helena and what a great person she was and what a professional she was. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the interview, like, stank of damage control and stank of him trying to Mm -hmm. save his own ass. I mean, a little boy lost, just lost his mother and Alec is sitting there crying to save his own ass. 
So it to yeah. me is fucking tacky. It tacky. That's the right word for it. It's tacky. Nobody needed that interview except for Alec Baldwin, and it doesn't make him. It doesn't. Ju- it just doesn't make him look any better. No, 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 no. It's like there's still an open investigation. You have lawsuits to deal with, you know, and legal experts. <laughs> a lot of experts are on are on on the case with this, but legal experts also were like, uh, "Yeah, we would never advise our clients to do this big interview when there's still investigation. You're still dealing with lawsuits, and you yeah. know, it's like now is not the time." No, it definitely felt kind of like, so Alec Baldwin has a podcast with Hilaria and I, it just to me feels very much like, listen, I need to do this interview so that you all know that this is not my fault because I kind of need to get back to normal again and I need to start uh, recording lighthearted episodes about parenting with my wife again and laying low in Vermont is not really working for me right now. I don't really like that so much. So please just let me get back to my normal life. Yeah, it, it, it felt like I'm trying to save my ass here. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like I'm trying to get the story out. It's like I I'm, I have 10,000 kids to feed. Yeah. I don't want to lose my career. Even though he was like, I don't care if I lose my career. I felt like he was doing damage control. And it's like, who is advising him? Hilaria. Hilaria. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Hilaria is his publicist. And if he needs a second opinion, he just turns to a mirror and he talks to Alec Baldwin. And he's like, great, I'm on board with this. <laughs> so let's now talk about Meghan Markle's never-ending lawsuit against Associated Papers. They own the British tabloids, the Daily Mail, and the Mail on Sunday. Mm-hmm. This lawsuit, it feels like it's been going on since the beginning of time. It's been going on since 2019. Which, uh, that's the longest two years. It's a very long two years because it feels Mm -hmm. like it was before that. But she sued them because they published pieces of a letter she wrote to her dad, Thomas Markle. So when Meghan got engaged to Prince Harry, as we know, her father was running his mouth to anybody who would put a mic in front of him, anybody who would call him, anybody who would cut him a check to speak. He was talking to them and he was saying a lot. So Mm -hmm. Meghan wrote him a letter asking him to stop because she said it was hurting her. Uh, he didn't stop and instead sold the letter to the mail on Sunday. <laughs> Very classy. <laughs> Extremely classy move. <laughs> when He's someone's like, being like, you're hurting me. They're like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, listen, I'm going to hurt you a lot more because I'm selling this letter. Yeah, I know. He should have just like sold it on eBay. That might have been. <laughs> highest bidder. I know. Highest bidder or something, you know, or did or said, you know what? I'm going to start a cameo and I'll read pieces of the letter on my cameo when you when you. <laughs> Pay for a greeting from you. Do you know what she? Do you know what she could have charged for that? He could have been charging real housewife numbers. Yeah, he could have. He, he yeah, fucked he fucked it up. up. <laughs> so Megan sued, saying that her privacy was broken and that she owns the copyright to the letter since she wrote it. So the Mail on Sunday violated her copyright. So the case has never gone to trial. In no. February, the high court ruled that it was a clear cut case in favor of Megan Markle. So there was no need for a full hearing so Mm -hmm. essentially she won right um but associated papers appealed Mm -hmm. and recently the court of appeal shut that appeal down saying that no new evidence was submitted that will change the outcome of the case and they cannot appeal a second time right 
They can't. They 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 can't. Yeah. Well, they can take it to the Supreme Court, which they said they're considering. Which the UK I mean. Supreme Court. Yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> really. But so during the appeals process, Associated Papers submitted evidence from Megan's former communication secretary, Jason Knopf. So there were emails and texts from Megan to Jason where she asked him to look at the letter she wrote to her father because she said there was a possibility. Like she kind of she knows her father. (laughs) So she knew there was a possibility it could be leaked to the tabloids. So she let him know that she carefully wrote it that way, like knowing that it could possibly be read by everyone and asked him to look over it. Uh, Associated Paper also submitted evidence which proved that Megan and Harry helped with that book, Finding Freedom, the book about Mm -hmm. them leaving the royal family. So I think Associated Papers was trying to say that they didn't break Megan's privacy because, you know, she courts the press and she knew the letter was going to be published. Megan argued that she didn't say she knew it was going to be published. She just knew it was a possibility. Yeah, and I think that's reasonable. I think that if you're a famous person, you can always expect that something might be made public. Uh, Not all of them. I mean, that's why, like, these nude leaks. I mean, mean, they still think that, you know, you're still, like, not thinking someone's going to hack into my phone and steal this shit. Yeah, okay, well, that's true. But, like, something like a letter, like, I I totally, I know that they were using that as a defense. Like, oh, well, she was writing it as if it was going to get leaked. But I would probably do the same if I was writing a letter to somebody who was, like, talking to every single tabloid in existence. I'd be like, I don't want to sound like a asshole in this letter. And just proofread it for me to so that it sounds okay. Like, I don't think that's, I don't think that's crazy. No, I don't think that that... I mean, of course she would think he was going to leak it. I mean, he was talking to the press left and right. So He was like waking up in the morning and he'd hit his alarm clock and grab his phone and check his messages and then start going through all the messages and be like, okay, message from the sun, dialing the sun. Like, it, it was insane how often Thomas Markle was talking to the press around the time of their wedding. So Megan, of course, celebrated. She sent a statement that it's a win for anyone who has been scared to stand up for what's right. And she also said, the courts have held the defendant to account and my hope is that we all begin to do the same. But as far removed as it may seem from your personal life, it's it's not. Tomorrow, it could be you. Okay, the, oh my the Mail gosh. on Sunday does not want to publish any of my letters. I'll tell you that. None of them are Tr- riveting. Truly. Plus, also, Michael, what's the last thing you wrote? A grocery list? What, what a pen to paper? Yeah. I, I don't even know. I don't even know how to use a pen anymore. So Yeah, so yeah, right away, right away, they don't care. They can't they verify an yeah. email. They're, they have of no interest. Also, I kind of love how Megan's like, this is a win. Like, justice was done. It's like, uh, girl, do you ever look at the Daily Mail? Like, nothing has changed. <laughs> they're still publishing everyone's shit. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. going to go harder on her now. So the Daily Mail responded... They said, like I said, they said they're considering appealing to the Supreme Court. And also on the front page of the Daily Mail, (laughs) they dared Meghan Markle to take the case to trial and said that the judges who previously ruled in the case were hard up for the royals, basically. They had royals (laughs) in their eyes. They were Sussex (laughs) stands. 
Yeah, they were royal amatized, mm-hmm. which is why they ruled in favor of Megan. So <laughs> we'll see if they try to take it to the Supreme Court or not. Also, I love that they're daring her as if she doesn't have anything but time and money. She has like an endless check from Netflix. She's like, sure, I'll put a put a team of lawyers on this. Why not? Yeah, that's why I think this is going to never end because Megan has nothing but time and money. The Daily Mail has nothing but time and money. They both hate each other. This is yeah. like going to go longer than the Brangelina custody battle. Yeah, this is like um, Romeo and Michelle at the end of Romeo and Michelle's high school reunion. You know, when they're old, they're in old makeup. And they're like, I'm the, I was the Mary. And she's like, no, I was the Mary. You're the Rhoda. Do you not remember that scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's carrying a grudge until you're uh, very old is what I'm yeah, trying to Yeah, that's going to be Megan and... and- and the Daily Mail. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Daily Mail should just give it up. You know, th- you lost. It's, yeah. it's fine. And and honestly, like, the way that they're, you know, daring her and saying we're going to take it to the Supreme Court, it's really ruining their reputation as one of the most respected, you know, literary journals in the world. It really is tarnishing their pristine reputation by acting like this. It's true. And you know what? It actually makes me question uh, how much effort they're putting into their regular everyday journalism. Like if they're trying to fight her further on this, are they dedicating the time needed to tell me about Leanne Pinnock from Little Mix uh, when she was spotted outside working her slim pins uh, walking along High Street? Again, that's what I question for them. But I do... This definitely pisses off Piers Morgan because he has worked for the Daily Mail forever, writes for them. This <laughs> this is why I love this because he's definitely like prolapsed. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> when he screams his butthole off, his family are like, okay, what did Megan win this time? He's going to lose his voice. And then his family's like, hmm. Hopefully, yeah. An upside to the situation. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So... <laughs> Allison, have you ever mm-hmm. gotten an advent calendar? <gasps> have I gotten an advent calendar? Michael, yes, I'm a I'm a big advent calendar person. Have what you? is the best out al- no I've never had. What is the best really? advent calendar you have gotten? Okay, well, I am I I wanna say I am uh money adjacent. So all of my advent calendars have been like the two dollar chocolate advent calendar from the drugstore. Those are the only advent calendars I've ever gotten. I've never had any fancy one that has like socks or tea or anything. I'm getting like the little tiny postage stamp size chocolate. Although I will say my daughter got spoiled. This year she has two advent calendars and she's like a lint one. And that one has fancy chocolate in it. So she's rich. Yeah, she's she's rich. My child's Paris Hilton. Yes. But your advent calendars sound a million times better than Chanel's advent calendar. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you don't know what an advent calendar is, we're talking about the ones that are like gifts. So it's like a a gift box and there's little boxes in it. And every day in the days leading up to Christmas, you open up another one, like a little gift. So it's like a little present every day. Yeah, it's so exciting. 24 days of little special gifts to yourself. Yeah. And Chanel has one. It's giant. It's shaped like a Chanel number five bottle. It costs $825. That's Is that before tax? Yes. The pre-tax amount? That's okay, pre-tax. That's a lot of money. And it's shit, pretty much. So <laughs> I've been following this on TikTok for a while. So a TikToker named Elise Harmon has been opening up her Chanel advent calendar on TikTok. 
And she's not even dragging Chanel. She's just stating the facts. Like, she'll right, open up a box and show <laughs> a sticker. She's presenting evidence. <laughs> yeah, like, she's showing us that a lot of what's in it are free samples you could get at Sephora or in a bubble gum machine, basically. Mm-hmm. Pure garbage. Yeah, so in it, there's like sample sizes of beauty products. Sample mm-hmm. sizes. Um, not even full size. There's stickers. Like, they probably cost one cent each, if that. There's these cheap-ass bracelets that are just, like, black string with, like, a Chanel thing on it. There's, like, a wax stamp. There's all this. It's junk. I mean, there are some good things. Like, there's a full-size lipstick. And there's a... decent. Christmas ornament. So, that's Okay, but but a Christmas ornament, though? Do you really want a Chanel Christmas ornament from the... Giveaway box? Well, do I, I really want up- a Chanel advent calendar? If someone buys a Chanel advent calendar, they probably want a Chanel Christmas ornament. Yeah, you're right. You got me on that one. <laughs> so that one to me wasn't too bad. But everything together looks like it's $100 total max. Max. Oh, max. and Michael, I would say that's that's being generous. Yeah, it's with totally your estimation. Because a lot of it is junk. So Elise claims that Chanel blocked her on TikTok because she was it. talking shit about the talking shit. <laughs> but they denied it, saying that they're not even active on TikTok, that they have an account, but they never use it. Um, they also <laughs> put out a statement on the cal- calendar. So they said, this controversy is a bit of a shame because it was not what Chanel intended Chanel thought it would please some of its customers by offering this type of product. Evidently, we see that you have to be careful, and therefore, in in the future, we will certainly be much more cautious. I mean, hello, Chanel. It's not Old Navy. It's not like Old Navy was like, oh, we thought that the customers who buy our $5 shirts would appreciate some stickers. This is Chanel, and the thing was... I would say with tax, I can't do math, but I would say that's like probably $1,000 plus shipping and everything. That's a lot of money. That's more than stickers and a crappy bracelet. Yeah, you would expect full size things. You would expect like fancy shit. And they basically like went into the storage room and like, okay, what do we got here? Some stickers. Okay, throw that in there. You got those strings over there that those rats in the corner fighting for. Just put a Chanel logo (laughs) on that shit. It's the freebies that they give to interns. Yeah. Also, so Chanel lipsticks are about $50 each. And if you were to put 24 Chanel lipsticks in an advent calendar, that's like $1,200. So that's a lot of money. But what I'm trying to say is it is doable, though. Like you could fill an advent calendar with 12 full-size Chanel lipsticks. And then the rest of the 12 would be perfume samples and hand cream samples and actual product is what I'm saying. Like you're not going to open up a thing and find a little tiny sheet of stickers. Well, like in response to this, other people have been posting like the luxury advent calendars they've been getting. Mm -hmm. Everybody's getting a luxury advent calendar instead of us. Actually, I shouldn't say that. You got those drugstore chocolate ones and that's pretty luxury. But they've been um, opening it and they get like, full-size shit like like full-size creams that it's like 150 dollar value so it's like everything that they have in the advent calendar is two or three times the price the value so if the mm-hmm. advent calendar costs 900 dollars, then in it everything is like an 800 1800 value and chanel did the opposite <laughs> they're like we're gonna give we're gonna charge 825 dollars for 50 dollars worth of tr- trash 
that advent calendar should have been reasonable. I would have accepted like $159. I'd be like, too rich for my blood. I'm not going to buy it. But I understand $159. That's like sort of reasonable if you want a luxury advent calendar. This was deeply insulting. Also, the inside of that advent calendar was just like these little tiny boxes. Just like the crappiest little boxes. It's not even like they made it like some advent calendars, you open doors. Yeah, they're fancy. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like fancy and cute. It looks like a little village and it's like, open up the little doors on this thing. This was just like, here's your boxes, you loser. Open up your boxes full of shit. Oh, and those boxes were stuffed with like crinkle, the like cr- crinkle stuffing paper. Again, that's like what you pack. Uh, Well, I mean, it's not what Chanel would pack stuff in. That's what... That's what, but like my my crappy orders are packed in is like crinkle paper. But this is pretty on brand for them because like when Chris and Stewart, who else wears Chanel, Jennifer Lawrence, when they show up in Chanel, it's nothing but a disappointment. So, of course, their advent calendar should be a big disappointment too. They're just <laughs> they're like, like we've been warning you. <laughs> yeah, we've been warning you. But you know what, Cunty Carl Carl Lagerfeld is probably <laughs> cackling about this from the afterworld. Because this is like, on it's such like a greedy Grinch move. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that it really is. It really is perfect. But the only thing I want to count down to Christmas with is the construction paper rings. Do you know what I'm talking about? A construction paper ring? So when we were kids, like, <laughs> the way we would count down Christmas is, okay. and we did this in school, in uh, we would like take construction paper, cut, you know, uh, green and red construction paper. You cut okay. them into strips. You make rings out of them. And then you'd make oh. like a chain of rings. Yeah, paper and chain. And at the yeah. end is a gold ring. That's Christmas Day. So every day you take off another gold ring. I'm sorry. You take off another ring until you get to the gold ring. I've never heard of this ring-based Christmas countdown. Yeah, it's the only way to count down Christmas. That's what Chanel should have. That's probably the way they're going to do next year. <laughs> they're going to sell like Chanel logo construction paper rings. $2,500. Michael, what's the last that you heard about Khloe Kardashian and her boyfriend Tristan Thompson? What have the last they they broke up? Right. Well, so yeah, they broke up. The last before this latest update, they broke yeah, up. Yeah, I think exactly. Yeah. I can never. I don't, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> Chloe's about to give a shit about this situation. So Chloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson, they share. Uh, they made a baby together. Her name is True. She's like three years old, and Chloe is like on again, off again with Tristan Thompson because one of the things that she says is she wants to give True a sibling. Well, Tristan Thompson's been very busy, allegedly, because it looks like he allegedly gave True a sibling. So a personal trainer from Texas named Marilee Nichols has come forward, and she came forward saying, Tristan Thompson and I hooked up, and I got pregnant, and I'm about to have his baby, and there it is. He's He made a baby with me. And then, like, three seconds later, Marilee gave birth to the baby that she was carrying. Yeah, and I think we've... She didn't, like, announce it. She filed Mm -hmm. for child support. She wants child support from him. So she filed for that, and that's how people found out. Yeah, and a message was leaked that allegedly came from Tristan, where he was kind of 
uh, I don't want to use the word threatening because that sounds too um, that sounds too aggressive. But it was essentially telling uh, Merrily, "I'm going to be quitting basketball soon. I'm going to be unemployed, and that means you cannot get any child support from me. So if yeah. you just take seventy five thousand dollars and go away, that's all the money you're going to get." Well, I think Merrily turned that down because also that's not how child support works. <laughs> so and Tristan Thompson should know that by now. He's got three children. Yeah, he wanted to play it, pay a flat fee. And exactly. It doesn't really work that way no. unless you add a few zeros to that flat fee. Yeah, then someone might be convinced. Um, so Tristan Thompson wants a paternity test, and he's claiming that it's not his child. But recently, literally, like not that long ago, um, he filed uh, he filed like a request that both him and Marilee. Uh, be like legally obligated to keep quiet about the situation and can't talk to the press about it, which kind of feels really suspicious now. Like maybe he got the results from that um, paternity test back. Yeah, like he's he's negotiating with her. Is, mm-hmm. is Chloe sad about this? Uh, no, because it got Chloe some attention. So congratulations, Chloe. Well, Chris is probably pissed because there's a third kid that might get a piece of, um, you know, Tristan's pie. Money pie. <laughs> so her other two are going to be cut out. Wait, how many kids does he have? Oh, three. He's got three, yes. <laughs> so True's, True's inheritance got a little smaller. Just a little bit. But don't you think that who has more money, Chloe or Tristan? Well, Chloe, but more money is better. Still, yeah, yeah, money is money. What am I money saying? Money is I'm... money. To Kris Jenner, money is money. Yeah, you and I clearly don't have Kardashian DNA because... We we missed the point of that. Uh, the point of that. So, Pete Davidson, Michael, um, you know what the rumors are about him, right? That he doesn't bathe. No, well, that's not a rumor. You just look at him. That's speculation. Um, <laughs> what rumor are you talking about? About his penis. Oh, that it's huge. That yes, it, yeah, that he has big dick energy. Yeah. So. That was kind of, I don't want to say confirmed, but it was, a, the situation was addressed recently. Calvin Klein um, hired Pete Davidson and Machine Gun Kelly, a.k.a. Um, Megan Fox's boyfriend. Um, I, sorry, You had to fiance, think about right? it because, you had to think about it because I get I was, confused. I, I was going to say Courtney Kardashian. Kelly with Courtney Kardashian, yeah, and Megan is with Pete. I, yeah, I can't keep track. Yeah, my brain stopped for a second yeah. and was like, watch what you're about to say. <laughs> Travis Barker right. is with Cam. Like, yeah, we... we, we yeah. yeah. Yeah, Machine Gun Kelly is with Megan Fox. Pete Davidson currently with Kim Kardashian. So they did a Calvin Klein underwear campaign. They, like, took over their uh, Calvin Klein's Instagram earlier this week. And because they were in their underwear, obviously they were talking about, like, penises. Obviously, really, what else? Yeah. What else are you going to talk about if you're just hanging around in your underwear? So, well, with those uh, two, I'm su- surprised they didn't, like, um, compare pee stains on their chonies. Because oh, you know they don't marks. shake. You know they don't shake. So they got pee stains all over their panties. No, that's definitely, uh, yeah, it's a no-shaking situation for sure. So Pete said to Machine Gun Kelly, he said, nice stuff. Good for you, dog. He was looking at Machine Gun Kelly's junk. And then when Pete was talking about himself, he said, Nice stuff, by the way, my Thank man. You too. Yeah, yeah. Good shit. Good I get shit. it now. Yeah, I get for it sure. now. Good for, for sure. you. Good for you, dog. I just, I would have, I would have 
put an extra like two socks in there and just blow oh, through sure. the world's mind. Always got to fluff it up or get a sweet in betweener going. Yeah, for sure. You can't just go cold. No, no, you know no. what I mean. No, I, and I, and I'm, I'm freezing right now. How about yeah, you? I am a grower for sure. Mm. I'm not really a grower or a shower. It's it's actually the same, small <laughs> and hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the video. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it like a slumber party setup? Sort of, yeah. They're like hanging out on a couch and eating. That's why it's it was so homoerotic because they're like hanging <laughs> out in their chonies, talking yeah. about each other's dick. They 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 jacked each other off. Yeah. That's also with their videos. with their with their pants like not even off by the way, like just pulled around their ankles. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. yeah. It's like <laughs> when he said he was a grower, he's like, well, can I find out? That's where yeah. it's leading. It was very like porn. It was really like gay porn setup. Exactly. I was expecting some like bad acting like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Which one is grower again? Maybe you can show me. <laughs> and they're like, their size, do you think they count the layers of cheese? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brie, yeah they do. The brie counts for something. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Oh, gross. Oh, my goodness. Um, So, Michael, we've talked before about Halle Berry's performance in Catwoman. And yes. I think where we stand on it is we both enjoy it. Yes. Yeah, I think it's it's great. So Halle Berry notoriously won a Razzie for it in 2005, uh, like a Worst Actor Award. And Michael, what do you think Halle Berry did with that Razzie Award? Well, she accepted it. Yeah, she showed up and Was got she the it. Yeah. first to do that? Someone uh, else did that, right? Sandra Bullock did. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandra Bullock was the same year. Don't do you remember? It was like um, it was the same year she won an Oscar for The Blind Side, and then she also won uh, like a Worst Actress Oscar for All About Steve, and she went to pick. She went to get both of them. Okay, yeah. but yeah, I think Halle Berry was the first. So anyway, where do you think that Razzie is? Um, it's right next to it's right next to her Oscar. She displays it with pride. Right. My guess was going to be that it was right next to her Golden Globe, but we would both be wrong. Halle Berry says that she took the Razzie home and she set it on fire. So she did like an interview thing with uh, Vanity Fair and she said, if I can show up to collect an Oscar when you're honoring me, I can certainly show up to collect a Razzie when you say, good try, but do better. I always learned that if you can't be a good loser, then you don't deserve to be a good winner. So I went there and made fun of myself at a great time and then I set that thing on fire. Do you think she really set it on fire? No way, because that award is metal. You can't... I don't know the the height of heat, but I don't think it melts awards. Is it metal? It might be styrofoam. <laughs> it's a Razzie. <laughs> I'm giving the Razzie committee far too, much, uh, far too much credit. I'm buttering them up in case I ever decide to go into acting. And they're like, oh, well, we can't nominate Allison. She was so kind. She assumed that we had metal awards. <laughs> And do you think she did it in her, like, driveway? Or did she have, like, a little trash can in the backyard? Yeah, b- trash can. But whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, if she did it, she should be arrested. Because isn't that, isn't it illegal to destroy something of um, historical significance? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and, that, yeah, and I... her Razzie for Catwoman is, so jail her. So Meryl, Meryl Street. oh, wow. <laughs> it's like I've never pronounced the word Meryl Street before. Meryl Street is an actress, Michael. This I did not know. I don't okay, know who well, Meryl Streep is. I'm glad to tell you. Okay, she's been in movies like uh, Mamma Mia. She appears okay. in flashbacks in Mamma Mia 2. She's also okay. been in some other movies as well. Yeah. But she um, is in a new movie called Don't Look Up. And it's with like Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. And it's like the movie with like... Ariana Grande. A, yeah. Yeah. There's like a thing headed towards Earth. Like a 
you know, like when the rock, when Meteor, the rock is hot. Yeah. The asteroid. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Jeff so Bezos. If, that, yeah. that would be a horror movie. This is a comedy. <laughs> yes. So in that movie, Meryl Streep plays the president and Jonah Hill plays her son. And so they've been like kind of doing interviews together. And recently they did an interview where um, Meryl Streep admitted that Jonah Hill was calling her the goat. And she had no idea what that meant. So, Michael, what does goat mean if you call someone the goat? It means greatest of all time. Yeah, you got it. Greatest of all time. She didn't know that. She thought that it was because she looked like a goat. So she just kept accepting every time Jonah Hill called her a goat. And she'd be like, okay, well, I mean, he's kind of right. She said, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Meryl Streep is just saying that so that she can get be like the first person nominated like uh best goat in a motion picture yeah she's definitely yeah gonna play a a goat in a movie yeah she wants to break all the awards and michael i know that you are a fan of taco bell and are you no i'm not a big fan of taco (laughs) bell i know you are i mean i'm a stoner but i don't really eat taco bell that that often i know you are that's why i cried for you it's true i'm I'm kind of like, um, like I'm not a Bayhive. I'm like the whatever the Taco Bell's Bayhive equivalent is. Okay, so but you are familiar the toilet, with toilet, a toilet, um, toilet dweller. To- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, that's that's the best I deserve. Truly, with that term. Um. So, but you said you're a stoner, so you have to be familiar with the one dollar cravings menu. To be honest, I really wasn't. I didn't know they had a dollar menu. Oh, fucking rich over here. (laughs) I've never, I've never ordered off the Taco Bell dollar menu. That's for peasants. (laughs) I only order from the real menu. You're like, I don't spend anything less than $3.99 when I'm at Taco Bell. No, but I've never seen the dollar menu at a Taco Bell. Right. So listen, I've maybe I think I don't think they're at every Taco Bell. No, no, no. I've never seen it either. Like in Canada, we don't have... It's called the $1 value cravings menu. We don't have that in Canada. And even when I've eaten at Taco Bell in the States, I think I've maybe seen it once. But some Taco Bells have it and like people are kind of obsessed with it because obviously it's very good value. Each item is a dollar. And... But they might be getting rid of the Taco Bell $1 value menu or at least shrinking it down. There's a subreddit called uh, Living Moss. Which I'm obviously going to be joining that. Um, But somebody uh, published this thing saying that they got like these like quarterly results from Taco Bell. And they said that they're planning on shrinking the menu. And some items are actually now becoming $2. Oh, so some of these $1 menus, they're making them, they're upping the price to two. Yeah. So things that were like a burrito before. So example, like. The cheesy bean and rice burrito, that's a big dollar menu item. So okay. they might be adding like cilantro onto it and then putting oh. it, bumping it into the $2 <laughs> menu thing. They're like, we're adding something that costs us literally nothing <laughs> and we're going to yeah. up it to $2. There's Chan- Is Chanel running Taco Bell now? Yeah, pretty much $2. <laughs> they might as well be. Like we have many times before, Michael and I have decided to bring back our show and tell segment. And that's where we show you and tell you about something that we are very interested in this week. 
So I'm going to go first. The thing that I would like to show and tell about is a new Netflix comedy special um, by Nicole Byer, who I have talked about before on the podcast as, um, I believe, as one of my previous show and tell options. Yes. Which yes, was a her- show she did. A a podcast. Pod, her podcast, yeah, yeah. Why, why won't you date me? Which I still think is one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. I love it so much. But she, uh, Nicole Byer, is more familiar to some people, I would say, as being the host of Nailed It, which I think that that might have also been a previous show and tell that I've talked about too. Yeah, but you love she, you love Nicole Byer. Who do you uh, love more, Taco Bell or Nicole Byer? No question, Taco Bell. <laughs> That's Sorry, the easy answer. Sorry, Nicole Sorry, Byer. Nicole. Taco Bell every time. I loved I love Nicole Byer, but she doesn't show up at my house with like uh chili cheese burritos. If she started doing that, then I'd have a much harder time. She'll yeah, she'll rise rise up. Exactly. But so far she hasn't done that, so she is but always bumped. But she's got a new Netflix special. It's called Nicole Byer, BBW, Big Beautiful Weirdo. And it starts streaming on uh Tuesday, December. 7th which is when we filmed this episode so uh technically by the time you listen to this it started streaming yesterday so you can watch it on all netflix platforms because it's like a netflix netflix produced special so that means it's not region specific and it's about an hour long it's very easy to watch it was filmed in new york and it was um kind of her first special after the pandemic so she talks a lot about pandemic stuff so if you're you know if you're like not into that then you'll it's fine. She has other material. She's not solely talking about the pandemic. Um, but it's very funny. I think that she is funniest on her podcast. So I'll say that it's not like the, it's not the funniest stand up special I have listened to, but maybe that's because I, ju- I just kind of like, you know, chit chat more than I like stand up jokes. But I will say that Nicole's crowd work is great. And that's where she really, sort of shine she's very funny but she's very very good at talking to people in the crowd um so is it strictly stand-up or they're like skits there's no skits it's just stand-up it's like 58 minutes long so it's kind of fun too because it's one of those things where an hour is a really long time to dedicate to watching comedy i think i find i find for me i like 10 minutes so you could just kind of like poke in watch it for a bit turn it off come back to it later um yeah but it's it's really great and it's kind of like a nice change too if you've been watching like a lot of holiday stuff like i have um it's kind of a nice break from uh watching netflix and hallmark christmas movies yeah that's what i was gonna ask is it holiday themed because it seems everything new that's coming on netflix yeah. is christmas themed. does she have a wreath in the background or anything no there's no red or white she's wearing a purple suit with a leopard print top she's wearing a beautiful wig that has like no festive accoutrements there's no holly there's no candy okay. cane that's good um yeah. that's a good break from the christmas shit then exactly i feel like it was probably filmed in like september so yeah it's great it's really nice um because i will say that my show and tell was going to be um, the Princess Switch 3 with Vanessa Hudgens and then uh, Big Beautiful Weirdo came out and I was like oh obviously this is like the best thing I've watched this week so you switched you princess I, switched to BBW yeah I princess switched to from Princess Switch 3 oh boy all right Michael tell us what your show and tell is this week okay mine is a book um 
It's a true crime book. Um, it's called Last Call. It came out in March. It's by Elon Green. So it's about a serial killer I never heard of. The media called this killer the Last Call Killer because he picked up his victims at gay bars in New York City in the 90s and murdered them. All of the men were gay. Um, some of them were closeted. And some, like, some true crime books and shows can get trashy. Right. Like, I love Dateline. I watch Dateline. But sometimes it's super exploitive and trashy. But this book is not like that. Um, he did his research, and it focuses a lot on the victims. Um, the book also gets into the AIDS era and how homophobia prevented a lot of the cases from being thoroughly investigated. You know, they were, like, not putting a lot of time into it because, you know, a gay man right. died. Yeah. Um, and it also gets into New York City gay nightlife at the time, specifically this bar called Townhouse. He, uh, the killer, picked up a couple of victims, I believe, from the Townhouse. So the Townhouse is still there. It's uh, a gay bar in Midtown that's, wait for it, it's a Townhouse. Yeah, um, <laughs> appropriately named. Yeah, and I used to go there when I first moved to New York with a friend because the friend told me that's where you can get a sugar daddy because a lot okay. of, like, older men go there to pick up, like, younger men and hustlers. And okay. Did you get a, get a sugar daddy? No, I did not oh. get a sugar I left with the realization that I can't, get a, can't catch a sugar daddy. So I fully recommend it. It's called Last Call, like, couldn't put it down it's interesting on every level it could be a christmas gift for the true crime lover in your life mm -hmm. okay can i ask a question and you tell me if this will spoil it do they ever find out who the last call killer was yes they do okay yes it's All it's right. yeah it goes beginning to end okay so. that's good because there's yeah i the thing that i dislike about some true crime is yeah when it's unsolved and it's it's like heartbreaking. So, okay. So that ends this show. We'll be back next week. It's our last show of the year. We'll be doing the top stories of the year. Um, if we can remember them. And it's so far, it's honestly so far ago. Like, did you know that Hilaria Baldwin, her accent thing yeah. was last January? Yeah, I did. Because I was looking <laughs> that up for... Uh, our last stories. I was like looking up what the stories were throughout the year. And I was like, that was this year? Was it, yeah. You, if you told me that was 2019, I would have believed you. Even 2018, I probably would have. But so if there's a story you think we should cover, email us at dtpadlist.com or email us for whatever reason. We're here for you. <laughs> like State Farm. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>